Good morning, my friends. How are we all doing today? Welcome to my podcast where I talk about things that happen in our 20s, but really any point in our lives. I know it's called the quarter life crisis, but honestly, people have those kind of crises or even challenges through all their entire livelihood uh, from breakups, relationships, friendships, problems, uh, divorce, you know, uh, financial instability, uh, unemployment, whatever it is, I'm here uh, as someone who had come from another country at age of 17, navigating those life challenges and obstacles to talk to you and share a little bit and really connect um, in a deeper level. Um, a lot of the things that I talk about, of course, are things that have happened in my life or that are happening in my life. But I want you to take something away from it and not only, you know, hear stories and, and see what's happening. That's always fun. But to really maybe take something away from this. Um, and in today's episode, again, I don't have a script. I don't have an outline. I talk from my heart. I think this can be the most genuine way uh, having structure can be good. And I think I have something uh, structure in my mind, but I'm really trying to always be my most authentic self. So I hope you can follow along and thank you for joining. Um, so today we're going to talk about why do you keep going back to what hurts you? And this is going to be definitely something that is very recurrent in my life and something that I've observed a lot, okay? Um, and when we talk about that, I don't want you to solely focus on relationships, loving relationships, although we are definitely going to talk a lot about it, a lot of red flags, a lot of what a healthy relationship looks like, uh, but also about family and friends. Um, why do you keep going back to reconciling with people that have hurt you why do you establish boundaries and then they fall through it um why can't you really stand up for yourself you know uh, but we are going to start with the first one which is unhealthy relationships and why do we keep going back to them uh now i'm not a therapist i'm not a psychologist i cannot understand fully or i mean uh, explain fully the extent of what toxic relationships and ups and downs do to our brain. I would suspect and argue that it has something to do with dopamine and having those highs. The highs are so good, you know, they feel so good that you're so happy and the dopamine levels rise. But then if there's bad lows, it's hard to break the cycle, especially when the cycles are followed by I'm sorry, I will change, I love you you know, I want you in my life, it's really hard. It's really hard because there is a a, a line between forgiveness uh, so a healthy relationship can exist and this is not the person for me. Now, I will ex uh, explain that based on my childhood. My parents were together for 20 years and they got divorced when I was 18, a freshman, uh, going to my sophomore year in college. I was already not living in Brazil. And in that moment, I felt relief. When I learned they had divorced, it was such a relief. And I know a lot of 
people that listen to me that have experience, you know, maybe some level of uh, of that feeling can can relate. Uh, when your parents say we're not together, instead of being sad about it, you're happy about it. And I was happy because it meant my mom broke a cycle, a cycle that I saw her going for years of her life to a, a, a place that is just, it was sad. It was a lot of screaming and um, angerness, uh, a lot of things that I, I can't even explain here, but it was a bad and it was toxic and it was abusive and it was it was sad and she deserved so much more. Now, my dad, I always say he's a great dad, but he was a horrible husband and I love him so much. He has He's one of the best persons I know and one of the smartest guys I know, but in terms of a relationship, oh my gosh, he was horrible. And I saw it and uh, I remember being 15 years old and telling my mom about feminism and how important that is and being in power. Because the thing with toxic cycles, guys, is that like when we are all dependent in one person and our lives evolve around one person, we leave aside our self-confidence, we leave aside our hobbies, our friends, all those things. Um, and it's really hard because then if you want to break up, you have no ways of putting yourself together. And I'm here to tell you, I've made some mistakes in the past. Fortunately, all my relationships have been beautiful, strong, and very healthy. But I've made mistakes in the past and I've seen in the past with friends, with relatives, with so many people, people that would accept so little from their partners, so little that any act of love or just, you know, niceness would feel like huge. And that is really concerning, you all. Now, I'm going to focus, of course, on a relationship that is toxic uh, and the perpetrator is the man. But I want to be clear that those kind of relationships happen in the other way too. Women can be the perpetrators of narcissism, uh, you know, cheating, whatever it is that makes a relationship toxic. Women can, and often they are, this kind of person. Uh, but because that's not what I've experienced and not what I've seen, I'll focus on the men. Now, some things that I've made a mistake when dealing with toxic relationships, uh, not personally, but being an observer. Uh, first, there's so much you can do. Because I grew up in a cycle like that, and I've seen with my eyes the excuses, the behaviors, the patterns, the ups and downs, and the feelings that makes the other person feel, I've become a huge advocate for um, empowerment and confidence on women. And a lot of the times, I've expressed that with my friends that were going through something like that. Now, of course, when you are inside the relationship, you don't see. You don't see the patterns. You don't see the mistakes. You just think as that as a relationship. You both love each other and the other person is not perfect. But, you know, they are trying. You probably don't see it. Um, but the people that are outside and that maybe you rely on, they can see it. Um, but when you're dealing with a relationship, I would encourage you to do three things. If you are the observer, if you are maybe, if that's happening in your family, with your best friend, with your cousin, with your relative, well, whoever it is, if you are seeing it, 
I'd encourage you to first be aware of how you communicate that feeling. Second, whatever you have to say, say half. Don't be as vocal as you want it to be. And I'm going to expand on that. And third, don't pressure. Now, I'm not going to say I've been, I, I'm, I'm giving those three things because they are examples of mistakes that I've made in the past. Because when you are in a toxic relationship, you are in a relationship where you vent the, the other person and you cry your friend and you pick up the phone and you see all the trash things that the guy have done to you. And you as a friend or the sister, whoever you are in that person's life, you get as mad as they are. But guess what? If they choose to get back to them, now you know all their weakness. Now you know that the person they love have done all those things to you. So the response that the other person is going to do is A, not confining you anymore and still go through those challenges. B, they are going to confine you, but they are not going to listen to what you have to say. Or three, they're going to distance from you completely. And that's how a lot of people lose their friends over toxic relationships. It's because at some point they've confined, they've told, they expressed how they were treated or what happened and that person was vocal to them about what, what, the reality of the situation. So A, be careful how you communicate. A lot of the times it's not what you say, it's how you say it. There is a, a difference between saying your boyfriend is trash, he's toxic and you're in an abusive relationship, get out, okay? And there's a difference between saying, hey, I'm really concerned about you, about your happiness, your well-being. Do you want to hit the gym together? Do you want to start maybe doing things that are going to boost your confidence? There are ways to help that person rather than just trash their partner or whoever they are with, okay? Which leads to my second point. Don't be as vocal as you want it to be. I know it hurts and I'm such, like I said, an advocate and I want to speak and I want to give my opinion and I get mad and infuriated and I'm, I'm a vocal, you all. Like, if you ask my opinion, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to tell you, if you didn't want to give my opinion, you shouldn't have come to me in the first place venting about how horrible the person is to you. I agree. I'm with you. But if you love the person and you actually want to see them happy, you have to control yourself. If you want to say 50 things, cut it to half. Cut it to as much as you can, but it's still being there, there for that person. Again, that's going to help you in the future if they go going to go back to the person, which they often do, okay? They often do to, to really be able to talk to you. Now, I'm not even talking about physical abuse. I'm not talking about, I should have started with that. I'm not talking about aggressive um, physical, you know, anything like that. I'm talking about toxic men and toxic relationships. I think we all know the difference. Uh, narcissism, lack of respecting boundaries, uh, just really emotional abuse, which often can be as, as important as physical as well. Um, and it, honestly, a lot of the times one can lead to the other. So that's also very important to keep in mind. Um, so yes, be very careful. Cut your words in half. Be more of a listener than of a talker. I need to work on that myself. And third, 
don't isolate. Don't make them choose. Don't be as direct. I know sometimes we want to do that. We want to turn to our sister and be like, dude, that guy is treating you horrible. You know, if you want to be in my life, you can't be with him. We give these people ultimatums because essentially we have our own boundaries, y'all. I remember I was having great days when a friend of mine, you know, would call me or, or send a voice message and be like, this is what happened. And me as a woman would feel it in my heart and my day would be destroyed. So, of course, at some point you have to have boundaries for your sanity as well. Uh, and it's infuriated. But, you know... Keep that in mind. Keep in mind that if they want to be, if you want to be there for them, it might not be on your standards. Now, on the flip side, uh, I have, you know, some tips. If you are the person is struggling and maybe you have a sense of emotional intelligence, you're like, well, my partner has been giving indicators and red flags. Like, what, what should I be looking for, Carol? Uh, I will say that from a very from someone that is in a healthy relationship. I consider Ian like literally. I want to bring this guy here. Uh, he said he's down. Um, first, I would say a green flag. Uh, you can trust them fully with their phones, with uh, social media, with other women around. You can relax in your heart that you're safe. Now, am I going to say that, oh my God, uh, like all men that give their, their girls their password are good guys? Hell no. Hell no. But it's that little feeling, that gut feeling that like, it doesn't matter if I'm in a room full of like women, he's going to be paying attention to me. It's that inner trust that we all as women have in our guts. Okay. And Ian has always given me that. Second, green flag, um. Uh, I would say is they are huge supporters of whatever you want to do. Now, there's a difference between, you know, encouraging and giving their opinions and whatever is best for you um, and, you know, the other. But if they encourage you, I was literally like, if I had a job in Paris, Ian was like, go for it. If I want to post a photo in bikinis, my Instagram, Ian is going to hype me up. If I want to travel by myself, go out by myself, go out with friends, he hypes me up. He gives me that confidence that sometimes I don't have to go and explore my life without him. And that is so important and such a huge indicator that the person is a really good uh, partner. And the third green flag, uh, I would say, is respecting your boundaries. I've had friends and people that I know that their partners talked with their exes and the people would be like, hey, that makes me really uncomfortable. And they wouldn't stop. Now, Ian has always respected my boundaries. Sometimes they are crazy boundaries. I'll admit, and then we have to talk about it. And maybe it's a place of insecurity from my end. And he's going to let me know like, hey, I understand this might be a boundary, but I, I think it's also being a little unfair. And we are going to talk from there, right? Which again, communication, huge indicator that that person can have the emotional capability of handle their emotions and things like that. Uh, but just being able to to do that is huge, guys. It's very huge. Uh, so if you see your partner and you're like, oh my God, he is full of red flags, but like, how should I, what should I do, right? I don't think I can leave that relationship. What should I do? 
Three things. One, listen to your friends and family. If you're embarrassed to talk about your relationship, if you cannot open up about your real feelings to your family and friends because you are, one, scared they're going to think something bad about him, two, really tell you to leave that guy, or three, be disappointed in yourself and think yourself as like someone who doesn't have the confidence to leave that person, that's honestly just walk away. You should walk away. If you cannot talk to your friends and family about your relationship, walk away. So one, talk to them about it. Two, listen to them. Especially the people that have seen you guys together. Uh, when I was, uh, when Yun and I, um, we had a break and when they were gonna maybe talk about it, maybe not, because it's very personal, he's not comfortable with it, but... Um, I had to listen to my friends and sometimes their honesty was harsh and it was uncomfortable, but a true friend that truly cares about you, they're going to be honest with you. And if you cannot handle their honesty, then maybe you shouldn't even vent to them in the first place, you know? Um, so I had to listen to my friends and I had to follow their advices because when we are in a situation, guys, we are blind. I don't know psychology, what happens to our brain, but we cannot trust our own judgment a lot of the times. So talk with your friends and family, maybe the people that have seen you guys together, that knows the person, to really understand what's happening. Now, if you barely talk with your friend that sees you once a year, doesn't even really know what's happening in a relationship, I would say don't really talk to them because then the person is going to have the theory of what's happening and not the real real relationship, right? So be have that in mind. And third, communicate. Guys, boundaries happen and exist for a reason. And boundaries are literally when you expect and tell the person your expectations, communicate your feelings, communicate what you would expect from that person and say, you know, if if not, then I would have to make decisions that are going to be better for my interest, my self-esteem, my confidence, my life, my happiness. If they love you, they're going to respect your boundaries. But guess what? If they don't and you keep just forgiving and forgiving and forgiving, guess what? Your standard, and that's what I saw my whole life from accepting things is just going to go higher, guys. It's going to go higher and higher and higher. And one day you're going to be like wanting to leave, but you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I have accepted so much already. What is this one thing next to everything that I've already accepted? Nothing. I guess a relationship is about forgiveness. I'll just forgive one more time. Oh my God. Don't do that. Don't do that, guys. I've had friends that... I <sighs> It is really sad to say, but I've had friends that literally accepted emotional abuse and verbal abuse uh, and they saw themselves trapped in a situation because maybe they were living with the guy, maybe because their families were so intertwined that her family loved his family and loved him. And they forgave and forgave. And one day to one of the people that I know it became aggressive you know, it's something very unexpected and it was very sudden and it was aggressive. And she told me that. And uh, guess what? At first sight, she forgave him because that was so out of character and that it was just so unforeseen and that it was so out of his behavior. She, she forgave him. But guess what? There were so many red flags before that. 
And I'm telling you that because if you're listening to this and it's hard and you're like, Carol, but how do I know when it's just my boyfriend having a bad day and yelling at me and, you know, me being in an abusive, toxic relationship? Like I said, watch the signs. They are there. And guys, I know 100% of the times you know the answer. I know that you know. You know, it's like Francais, you know that I know that you know. But yet we blind ourselves and we give ourselves a million stories, a million, a million reasons why we should stay, a million reasons for their ex- for a be- excuses for their behaviors, a million reasons why this relationship, if you just changed a little bit, it would be so much different. The person he is, is the person who he is. Don't build a future relationship based on the person that he might become. Again, don't build a future relationship based on the person he might become. Now, I know I focus a lot of relationships, but really apply that to your friends. Apply that to your family members that hurt you and that every time you go for Christmas, they keep giving you comments and you keep telling yourself, I'll place boundaries. Oh, but they are my family. I'll place boundaries. Oh, but I know this person for 20 years. Guys, doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you, the people that are in your life, they are a representation of who you are. And that's why I'm so selective with my friends, with my relationships. Because the people that I choose to be in my life, I'll do anything for them and I'm going to communicate and I'll tell them when they are wrong and I'll be honest and I'll be vulnerable and I might literally go to jail for them. I'll do anything for my people. But if they hurt me over and over and over or if they show they don't want to reciprocate the friendship or their relationship or if they show a ton of red flags, then guess what? The person is a cross. It's out of my life. It doesn't matter if I know you for a, one hour, a year, 15 years. You're out of my life and I have no regrets and my memory in that sense is very good because I will forget probably all the good moments we've had and just, you know, think that maybe this happened for a reason and that's a life lesson and not everyone is meant to be in your life. And maybe you're like, oh my God, Carol, how can you be so cold hard? I'll tell you why. Because I've moved a lot. Because I've experienced friendships that were so real that doesn't matter the time, the place, the location, the circumstances... They were there and my standard for relationships and for friendships are so high. And I'm not saying that they are high and you gotta be perfect. I'm saying they are high because I know that I deserve to at least have the benefit of reciprocity, right? And of course that can lead to disappointment. Uh, I definitely had friendships in which, you know, I've tried more than I should have that I was like, you know what, that person really seems not to care, but I'll continue reaching out. I'll continue reaching out and I'll continue expressing because I love them and because that's what a true friend is and that's how I I wanted them to show up for me. But sometimes you have to be real with yourself and ask yourself, why do I keep going back to what hurt me? Why do I keep going back to what hurts me? And sometimes we know the answer. It's very black and white. Oh, trauma bond done. You know, the person makes me feel seen, done. I know the answer. But sometimes we don't know. We are like, I don't know. The friend treats me like trash. Uh, They never respond to my text. Uh, They make no effort to see me. 
they are horrible friends. They just, you know, criticize me. Um, my partner is cheating on me all the time and I know that, but I can't leave. I don't know why I'm with them. I don't know why I'm keep going back to what hurts me. And for that occasions, I'm going to tell you, you got to see a therapist. You know, self-books, self-help books, gym, all that stuff is helpful. But if you don't know exactly what has what is triggering you to be in this toxic cycle, you're going to be very, very unhappy in the long term. Okay? And I know that's sad to hear. I know no one wants to hear that. But you probably have a lot of low self-esteem and, and low self-confidence. Because I think the people that love themselves so much they have high standards, okay? Um, I always say that, but you accept the love you think you deserve. And I'm not saying that, you know, maybe your dream guy is like this prince from Germany and you're expecting him to come and show up at your door. It's not gonna happen. But if you have values and expectations and boundaries and you know what you want and you know the woman you want to become and that person is adding value to your life because a lot of the times you also date somebody that we don't even like that we are just hoping they're going to become someone that we want in our list oh i want someone that is successful a dreamer hardworking, love kids love family wants a monogamous relationship is certain about his future is certain about where he wants to be and then you're dating someone that is uh going out every night drinks a lot doesn't know what he wants for his life, doesn't know where he wants to be, doesn't know if he really wants a relationship. And I'm like, what is the com- What is the thing in common that makes you love that person? Mm, you know, we have friends in common. Oh, well, you know, he, he makes me feel very loved. Girl, come on. Come on. Wake up. Wake up ASAP. Again... I know it's easier said than done. I know things are not black and white. I've myself been through my share of like mistakes and share of not listening to my friends and share of like, oh, I should have listened to my friends. My fair share of uh, toxicity that I've done myself. I'm not perfect and none of us are. And the only thing that when we have enough, we we will act on it. But girl does not wait 20 years does not wait 20 years when the signs really indicate that it should be over asap do your part boost your self-confidence focus on yourself seek the therapist do whatever you have to do to be in a good place mentally physically financially emotionally and as always i'm here for you i love you you are enough And if you're going through a breakup and you're really sad, I'll tell you, I've been through that. And it's heartbreaking. It's like the heart is gonna, you're sick, you can't do anything. It's gonna get better. It will. I know it's cliche, but only time can heal. As always, I'm here for you. Take care of yourself. Take care of your friends. Take care of your relationship. I love you guys. Have a great week.